Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and let's get started. Tonight's subject is going to be a subject that many do not want to talk about, and that is dying. So let me start by reading my poem, and it is called A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. If you'd like to check it out, you can go to IamTeresaReese.com. So here is the poem. If I tell you I'm dying, would you believe me? Or would you fan me away and just ignore me? Would you listen to my concerns with open ears and with care? Or would you just shake your head in disbelief while pretending to be there? Would you cry as I cry? Would you laugh as I laugh? Would you mirror my hurt and pain? Or would you begin to pray? Raise up your hands and decree that these dead bones will live again. I ask you now, as I seek some resolve to the situation I am faced with, I've been told I'm dying. And as these tears keep on falling, I wonder if you are accepting the possibility of my life ending prematurely. What if my life depended on you? Would you lie or would you tell me the truth? I'm dying to hear your answers. And that is my poem entitled, I'm Dying. So as I um, began tonight's podcast, I am surrounded by some of my friends and relatives um, by way of obituaries and photos that I try to keep around me um, to remind myself of just how valuable life truly is. But the one thing that is promised to us all is death. And so as I look over their lives in all actuality, um, and I think of their dash, what they did in between that time before they died, in between the time they were born and then when they perished, and what I have really am encouraged by is that when I look on this wall, a lot of them lived their truth. Now, there is a photo up here that is of my biological father, and I didn't get an opportunity to meet him. So I'm, I can't really speak to that one part. And then I also have my great great grandparents up there and I can't speak to that but the people that I knew personally they lived their truths whether they were good to some bad to others or indifferent to most they still chose to live their own truth and I keep them as a reminder to myself that every day of life is a gift from God. I know that I am not promised tomorrow. So what I try to do is fulfill 
each and everything that I possibly can in one day. I might be overexerting myself sometimes, but I do that intentionally because I just don't know when I will not open up my eyes. And that keeps me humble. But at the same time, that also keeps me moving. And I think about when I first found out that I had a tumor in my brain. This was back in 2009. And for a, over a year and a half, my tumor was monitored. But I'll never forget that feeling of what I felt when it hit me that this was something that had been in my brain for so long that it had actually calcified. And I was like, how am I going through? How did I go all these years? And maybe I had signs and symptoms, but didn't know that that's what they were. So when I had a headache, I'm just thinking my head hurts. When I'm dizzy, I'm just thinking I'm dizzy. Not once thinking to go get an MRI to get my head checked. But what I remember is when the reality of facing death presented itself to me. And I so remember I was crying my eyes out. I was hurting. I have six children, Lord. Who's going to take care of my children? You promised me all of these things. I know that I wasn't just hearing these things, God. I know that I wasn't just imagining this stuff. I know that this is not how my story is supposed to end. I just know it's not God. Like, why would you even allow me to have a tumor in my brain? And not in some spot that's like, you know, in like in the front of my forehead or I mean the front of my brain or on the side of my brain. No, it was on like literally right up under my brain stem, which controls the, the area where it was at. They said it controlled a lot of my cognitive skills. So just a little shift to the left. Or a little shift to the right. Everything about who I am. Could literally be sniffed from me. Behind a very small mass. And so to know. That death could come at me at any given moment. It helped me to look at life. Through a different lens. I started valuing everything. I started not trying to end my evenings being angry with anyone. Because I did not know. And I still don't know. The last time I will take my last breath. But even in the course of that journey... One of the things that always stayed at the surface of my mind is that every day that I would wake up, I would be like, 
I'm, at, I'm still here. Sometimes it would literally shock me. But I remember after crying to God and just crying, crying, crying. I asked him one time, I said, God, you made me all these promises. Why would you allow this to be the end of my days? And I heard it so crisp, crisp and clear. How can you have a testimony if you are never tested? Ouch. How can I have a testimony if I am never tested? Okay, God, so we're really going to do this. Yes, we're going to do this. And so I had relatives asking me, had I considered other options? Because the truth of the matter is, is that anytime that you are going through any type of surgery, it's not just the process of going through the surgery. Like one of my dear friends said to me, Teresa, it's also post-surgery. There are a lot of people that lose their lives post the surgery. So they go through the surgery successfully. And then a few days later, when everything settles in, they die. And so the possibility of death was still hoovering over my circumstances. And that's just... When I was listening to, you know, every relative that would try to talk me out of it or their reasoning behind it. After I had that conversation with God and after he provided, I believe, the clarity and the strength and the comfort that I needed to go through that journey, to go through that storm. I had a peace that surpassed all understanding to the point that I became bold with it. So I hear that you're going to go have brain surgery. Yes, I am. So you're really going through with this? Yes, I am. So when are you going to do this? Soon. Okay, will you let me know? Mm-hmm. I sure will. And then when it came time for the actual surgery, the surgery was supposed to take place in October. And of um, October of 2011. Something happened and it did not take place. So they had to reschedule it. And I remember thinking, okay, God, everything is perfect in your timing. So even when it comes down to the wire, my whole scheduling of this, you know, rescheduling of the surgery, I could still see your hand in that. And I remember going to the hospital early. Oh, let me, well, I guess I'll talk about it now, but I'll elaborate it on it later. Later. So uh, my 19-year-old never had a relationship with his father. He was 11 years old when he met his biological father for the first time. And what I'd done, I had made an arrangement. I had contacted um, my my child's father, his other baby's mother <laughs> via Facebook. And I literally reached out to her and asked her if there was any way that she could contact him to let him know that I had an upcoming brain surgery. And he did one better. Not only did he, sh not only did he call me, he showed up. So my son was able to meet him for the very first time on December the 16th of 2000. 
and 11. He showed up 30 minutes before we were leaving to go to the hospital for me to have brain surgery. He even prayed. He decreed. He did all of that. That I would be okay. Then after the brain surgery, because I had one on December the 16th, and then five days later, I needed another one because they had went through my brain the wrong way. So I was like, oh, we got to do this again. I wasn't too happy about that. But God still got the glory. So much so. He got so much glory in that situation, y'all, that literally people were coming to my room just to touch my feet. And they kept saying that I was a walking miracle. And I believe a lot of it had to do with my faith. But death was still hoovering still hoovering and I started having dreams and so I'm a dreamer um, so much a dreamer and when I was having these dreams it was just a different type of it was just a it was a different level of dreaming and I described heaven to my mother I described the gate, the pearly gates. I mean, literally, like I could see everything like so, so clearly. So clearly. And I kept telling her the details. And I kept saying a particular date. I just kept bring, just saying it. I just kept saying this date. And she was like, she just keeps on saying this date. Now, mind you, you know, I had all this medication in me. So <laughs> repeating myself over and over. I'm sure the medication has something to do with that. But anywho. <laughs> I literally took like everything that I would dream, everything that I would like, I would just tell her. And so she took it in. I think looking back, I was like, that was one of my highest spiritual moments that I've ever encountered with God. Just being that close to him. So um, fast forward. The date that I had been saying while I was in the hospital ended up being the date that my uncle Bobby passed away. And my mom said she was driving. She had gotten up that day and she said, all I kept thinking about is that Teresa kept talking about this day the whole time she was in the hospital. I wonder what today is like. I wonder what's going to happen today. She says she's just driving and then she gets a phone call from my uncle. Bobby passed away. And she put two and two together. She was like, Teresa says something was going to happen on this day. But my uncle died. And he was one of my favorite uncles. And then he was gone. And the irony is, is that I ended up, the person that they thought would die, ended up speaking at the person that did die at that funeral. And I love my uncle. But I told my aunt something. I said, what if he went to God when I was going through all of this struggle with Finding out about the tumor, me having, you know, I have six children, him knowing that I'm a single mother. What if my uncle went to God and said, take me, God, and not her? 
What if he had a conversation with God and said, I've lived my entire life. I've done the living, but she's got these kids to raise. Take me, God, and not her. And I don't know if that is what truly happened. I don't know my uncle's last words. I don't even know if my uncle talked to God. But what I do know is that I just had a feeling that how everything happened, somebody was lifting me up. Somebody petitioned before the creator, please don't take her. And I know that there's a lot of people that whenever we are going through and our loved ones are transitioning, that we ask God, please don't take him. Please don't take her. And sometimes we forget that to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. And as much as we want to hold on to the physical person, they gain so much more when they are no longer suffering. And I know it's hard to believe that we're going to function or we're able to function outside of their demise. But there's also life outside of a demise. So one of the reasons why I believe that I strive so hard to fulfill my dreams, my goals, my aspirations, the things that I hold so near and dear to my heart, my vision. One of the reasons is because even though when I look to my wall and I see the people that have gone before me, I feel as if I would be doing them a dis like an injustice if I did not keep pushing to fulfill the very things that they saw in me when they were living. They saw certain qualities in me. They encouraged me during my down days. Like one of the pictures was well, a couple of them of her um, is my dear friend, Cynthia. And I used to dream out loud with her. I used to tell her what my vision was for my life. I used to give her glimpses of the things that I wanted to do and the things that I wanted to achieve. And I feel like I would be doing her a disservice if I did not follow through with the conversations that we had. It would not be fair for me to have literally spoken some of these things to her and then just let it fall by the wayside because times got hard. My heart got broken. Things didn't work out the way that I wanted. She passed away so quickly that I didn't even have a chance to mentally or emotionally or spiritually prepare. So I thought it would not be fair to her, to the legacy of our memory, of her memory, of our times together, it would not be fair if I stopped dreaming and if I stopped pursuing my dreams. My cousin Brandon, oh, he was a dreamer too. He had a vision for his family. He had a vision for life. He knew what he wanted to do. He was strategic in his planning. He was a go-getter. It would not be fair for me to give up on my dreams. 
my Uncle Charlie. I remember when I went to his house to give him the book. A Strong Will Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And I remember the joy. I still remember his joy to this day. I remember how elated he was for me. I remember how overjoyed he was. How he just kept hugging me. He was so proud. He opened up the pages. He looked at the cover. He would look at me and he would just... He was so elated for me. And I still feel his presence. I still feel his joy. I still feel the genuineness of who he was. It would do him a disservice for me not to pursue my dreams. For me not, like I owe it to the people that saw me before I saw myself. I owe it to the people who saw me before I saw myself. So dear future hubby, death is never easy. If you are grieving the loss of someone that you hold dear, my prayer for you is that you will go to the person who can comfort you like no one can. That you would surrender your brokenness to him because he draws nigh to those who are broken hearted and who have a contrite heart. My prayer is that you would just glean on the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Until we meet in person, and until the divine manifestation of a glorious union literally happens, I just hope that you stay encouraged. So this is going to conclude my podcast. But before I conclude, conclude, <laughs> I'm going to read a insert in my journal to my future hubby. And this was written on January the 11th of 2021. And it says... Today, I went back to my full-time job. I was encouraged to, quote, unquote, stay the course. One thing I hope for you is that you know your worth, that you know that not only is your presence desired, it matters. I hope that you are taking moments to remind yourself of who, of your worth, that you are making it a point intentionally to do something special for yourself. I realized today that most of my vacation time in years past was not really used for vacations per se. However, this year that changes. I understand that life happens, but I don't want it to pass me by. I hope you aren't letting life just pass you by. I hope you're following your dreams and creating new visions for your various chapters of your life, for the various chapters of your life. And our lives together. And for our children. I hope that you are smiling often. And I hope that you are in a really great place in your life. Stay well. Stay whole. I love you, Teresa. So this will definitely conclude my podcast on tonight. I just want to take a moment to thank you all for listening to Dear Future Hubby podcast. 
please enjoy your evening. And like I always say, take care of yourself because there's only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa.